after several months of cooling house prices, it appears they're rebounding. I sunk every nickel I had in the world in this house! And you'll get it all back! I told you that! One of the city's top real estate analysts says he's never seen home prices this high for some of the city's neighborhoods. Up until three years ago, I was a regular old real estate agent. Putting people in homes, speculating on property, that was my job. Considering the cost differential between one radio spot and one television spot, we found these results quite intriguing. You don't seem to realize what business you're in. You're not in the burger business. You're in the real estate business. Put that coffee down. Welcome to Come List Me, the human interest podcast with a specialty in real estate marketing. Here's your host, Dave Sturgeon. Well, hey, thanks for joining us for another episode of Come List Me. Sturge here. We're broadcasting from our Canadian studios now. We're overlooking the Atlantic Ocean on the shores of beautiful Bonavista Bay. On the Isle of Newfoundland, there lived a sailor boy. I'm Tim Good. My old friends called me full-time, and I'm broadcasting from my regular old studio at my camp in northern Saskatchewan on the edge of Canada's boreal forest. Good to talk to you from Canada. Good to be here in the country with you, my friend. Nice. Yeah, so... I'm not sure when you as a listener are tuning in to this episode, but we're still kind of just at the tail end, I would say, as we record this, we're at the tail end of uh, what will become the first real sort of opening for Canada, for people coming to Canada from the U.S. and for Mm -hmm. people traveling from other parts of Canada to here on the East Coast in Newfoundland where we are. So that's great. We arrived about two and a half weeks ago and had to quarantine, do all the quarantining so couldn't think of a more beautiful place to do that, a more beautiful woman to do it with than my beloved Coco. And it was our 40th anniversary while we were here and couldn't think of a better way to spend it. So it was, it was great getting here and the whole process. It must be pretty nice when you've got a place to go to, right? It's the people that are like going to visit family, but don't really have, you know, if you have to do in a hotel room or something like that, you to have an actual place that's yours, that's, you know, you can spend time during that quarantine, just fixing it up and you know, doing things and casual, right? It's way better than people land in Toronto from somewhere and or wherever that they have to quarantine and they're stuck in a hotel room for two weeks. That'd be awful. Absolutely. Yeah. Well, the part of the process coming into the country from the U.S., we flew from L.A. to Montreal. And the first part is you have to stay in a government-approved hotel for a three-night quarantine or until the results of your test that are taken right after you land arrive. Oh, okay. And so we booked that hotel for three nights and received the results of the test that took place after we landed, like two o'clock in the morning, the first night we arrived. So we were able to get back on a plane and Air Canada did a great job moving our flight up to that day. And uh, so we ended up out here a day later. And then had to do the 14-day quarantine here. Yeah. But again, we're looking out on the ocean, and we have large acreage here that we can walk around and get things accomplished and maintain our sanity. And we had good friends who were dropping off groceries or other things that we needed, and so it was quite good. Awesome. So it's great to be here. And now this is the time of year where camp is opening for you guys, summer camp, and you've had to deal with the adjustments that have been yeah. made over the past couple of years for COVID. So now it, things opening up for you as well, yeah. getting easier to do business. Yeah, here in Saskatchewan, it, it's, it was all tied to vaccination rates and then they were going to open up and things like that. So we, we knew it was coming. The biggest problem is we just didn't know the timelines. So by August here in Saskatchewan, all restrictions um, are going to be lifted. Uh, we're still sort of waiting to make sure that is all 
all, all and what that looks like. But the biggest problem we have is just, you know, like anything, you, if you have any kind of business that is seasonal or cyclical, you know, you have a planning season, right? And with camp, that is pretty much the whole year. You know, we end in August and I always say we start planning in September for the next year. That includes, you know, hiring your staff and recruitment and things like that. Well, when we sit around not knowing what was going to happen for yeah. the most part of the beginning of the year, we're just behind, you know, schedule on everything. So staffing and things like that were really low. So we opened up at about a third capacity for our summer. And um, as we are able to hire more staff, I'll add capacity and things like that. So, I mean, it's great. We get to run. I'm trying my best to be positive about it and not complain. And, you know, all those things, it's like, at least, you know, the boss sets the tone, right? So it's like, okay, if I'm like, well, the government sucks and everything's terrible. Well, that's (laughs) how all my staff are going to be. So just trying to be positive and say, hey, the kids that get to come, get to come. And there's still some families that are like, well, we're not sure about summer camp. It's like, okay, that's fine. Yeah. Hopefully we'll see you next year. Oh, that positivity is huge. It goes a long way. It, like you said, it's trickling into all of the different departments and what's going on there. I, there's a, one of the best open line talk shows I've ever heard is here in Newfoundland for the whole province. And there was uh, this one lady who called in this week who was just complaining about everything where her and her husband had to make the way back to Newfoundland from Ontario. Well, don't a, get your gotch in a bunch, eh? And you can look at it that way, but Coco and I are sitting here talking about all the positives. And, you know, this is a first for everybody. You know, the whole government leaders, all these decision makers and people in authority who had to make decisions for provinces and countries and what's in the best interest of everybody with really no track record to go by. And at the end of the day, there are people who say, I'm never going to be vaccinated. Uh, You know, the whole thing is a scam. It's a it's a conspiracy theory and all the rest of it. What seems to me to be a defining statement is that uh, it's a time where the health of a large group of people is contingent on cooperation between all those people. So when you boil it down to that, if cooperation and being generous with the ability of an individual to take it for the team, if that's what you need to do for everybody to stay healthy, well, that's one of the big components of that would be to be positive, you know, and be a, a good influence to the people who are around you. So I applaud anybody who was in a position of authority that needed to be making decisions for large groups of people. And I'm glad as hell that I wasn't in that position. Yeah, I'm I'm there with you too. I mean, it, it's not an enviable position to be in at all because, you know, no matter what you do, somebody's going to be unhappy with how you're doing Absolutely. it. Absolutely. And the more people involved, the, the more opinions you get involved. So, yep. I agree with you, at least try and be positive in my little sphere of influence, and that's all I could do. Yeah, one of the greatest benefits of being in a leadership position at any point in your life (laughs) is to realize how difficult it is and how easy it is to take pot shots if the people are doing their best, you know. For sure. Well, good to see you, my friend. Good to talk to you this week on Come List Me. Uh, Thank you for joining us. We're going to talk to David Tam from our digital partner, Cast Services, about how to optimize your web presence to capture and convert seller leads. And here's part one of that interview. My name is David Tam. I'm the Chief Marketing Officer for Cast Services. So we've worked together for a long time, and we've had the pleasure of working with clients together. And on this podcast, we talk a lot about the first two C's of the four, uh, those being creating curiosity, using the power of the human voice and theater of the mind and radio to create curiosity about you, the brand. And uh, at a certain point, we have to hand it off to Dave and his team because we have to capture and convert that curiosity. So um, maybe take it from there and uh, talk about the importance of making sure that the radio message, which is to attract a listing, just yeah. a seller message, 
ties seamlessly to what people find when they go searching for that agent. Yeah, absolutely. And before we get started, because nobody can actually see your face because we're on a podcast for all the listeners, Dave, Dave looks like a, like a mad scientist. <laughs> 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 Rightfully so. But you're, you're absolutely correct, Dave. You know, when we're talking about digital presence in the real estate space, it is one of the, if not the most important tools in your career to be able to have an effective storefront, to capture traffic, to convert traffic, but also to track the traffic, right? So that you have an understanding of your budget breakdown and ROI and cash conversion cycle and LTV and the stuff that they don't teach you at real estate school, but that you can learn here on this podcast. Yeah, so we know, absolutely. And I would say that um, one of the frustrations that we've both had is that when we work with a customer, an agent, They've ended up using one of the two or three top websites that are provided in the industry as a fairly inexpensive way to get started as an agent. Right. And um, maybe you can, you know, do something to ensure I'm not the only lone voice on podcasts <laughs> that thinks the industry's broken when it comes to how yeah. to capture that that interest. Absolutely. So let's give a little bit of context here. We've got data science PhDs here in the US that we work with. We're in 370 markets. We've been in the real estate space for a long time. We found one of the largest CRMs in the country, Firepoint Solutions. And so we have a lot of data and best practices. And so one of the things that we have discovered and is becoming very effective in the real estate space is changing the boilerplate canned websites that you've been given into a more effective converting machine, right? Essentially, what I'm saying here is most websites that real estate professionals have are browse MLS in or search for homes in with no value proposition or call to action, not a clickable phone number. They load slowly. It's a poor user experience. And you're essentially throwing marketing dollars down the toilet. And so I'm shooting myself a little bit in the foot here because we did create Firepoint Solutions and the preponderance of those websites are buyer focused. And that's okay because that's where we were in an industry five years ago. Well, our research shows today that if somebody is looking to browse for homes, to search for homes in a certain geographic region, they have been conditioned to go to Zillow, Trulia, Realtor.com, Redfin, all the billion dollar big box players that dominate page one, two, and three of those buyer focused terms. Now, when somebody is looking to sell a home, they are looking for Mr. or Mrs. Agent. They're looking to the person listening to this podcast, but they can't find them because they're not giving them any kind of seller indexing turns. There's no seller value proposition. They don't even know how to create a call to action around a seller value proposition. And so the conversion rates are abhorrent. So the solution there is if you want to convert organic leads with seller-focused terms into actual transactions, you need a website that can do that in an effective manner. And we can outline some of those steps today, Dave. Yeah, beautifully said. I wonder if there's a study out there, and this is maybe another topic, but if there's a study that would explain why everyone, when they think about real estate, think about buyers. It just seems like even experienced agents, when you say, so, okay, so you're, you know, you're going to do some marketing, your brand, what's, you know, what's going on? What is your business about? Well, we help people buy homes. Yeah. The big box players, we'll call them, want to keep it that way because it easily allows them to insert their finger in the dominoes, take that transaction for themselves, whether it's a Zillow agent or they're going to then lease that transaction back to the agent for 35% on the tail end commission, which is 
you know, X team times number higher than the actual cost per lead. And they do that on purpose, right? Gary Keller wrote the book, right? If your real estate business is firing on all eight cylinders, you could be operating or should be operating at a 40% profit margin. The reason they chose 35% as the tail end fee is not on accident, right? It's on purpose to give you just enough money to keep the lights on and nothing more to keep you hungry. And that sounds a little bit conspiracy theorist in this real estate space, but look at the data. The data doesn't lie. So Dave, do you want to dive deeper on the seller value proposition, some table stakes that are required to convert seller leads at a higher level? Absolutely. Yeah. So the listeners to this podcast, Come List Me, Mm -hmm. uh, have by now listening to the episodes come to the realization that buyers don't care about your brand. Okay. Well, let's start in reverse because I want to peel back the layers a little bit on that consumer behavior piece, because we've done a doctoral level paper on this. It's being peer reviewed right now. And what happened, and this was years ago, is we had a client come to us and say, we've got three or four organic leads coming from our website every single month. They're like the best leads in the business because they found us on their own search behavior. And you know, in some capacities, they, they blow Zillow leads out of the water. How do I get more of those? And we performed a deep web analysis and an audit on their website, which I can provide for some of your listeners as well, totally, if you'd like to do that. And and what we found is the value proposition that was being presented to the user, the home buyer and the home seller, did not match what they were actually searching for, okay? So what we did is we took this Browse MLS in, search for homes in, and we we scraped the entire thing. And we instead built a seller-focused website that loaded very fast, that had a very aggressive call to action. And the conversion rate from organic traffic to lead went up 400% in 72 hours. Why, right? So we did a study on this across 15,000 data points where we looked at 30 markets with 30 different websites and 30 different team sizes, single agents all the way up to a mega brokerage, and analyzed the traffic and the search behavior that was converting on those websites into leads. And what we found changed the game for us and for all of our clients. What we found was that when people are looking to browse for homes, looking to browse an MLS, they don't care about you. Unless they're already in your database, in which case you're already a lead and you're already nurturing them. So who really cares anyway, right? They've been conditioned over the last decade to go to Zillow, Trulia, Realtor.com, Redfin, all the other big box players. And then the exact opposite is true with the sellers. When they are searching for seller behavior, they are looking for you. And if you give them a website that indexes for those terms with what they're looking for, it creates that marketing cognitive connection, I like to call it, and they convert into leads. Caveat, when they register on your website, they're not registering only on your website. Research shows they're registering on four to six websites in the time that they're going to register on yours within that 30-day period. So again, you've got to have an aggressive value proposition. You've got to be following up on those leads. If they're coming in from radio, going to your website, you've got to be Johnny on the spot. We've got to get them in the first five minutes. And we can go down that rabbit trail in a moment. Yeah, well, let's do that. So let's start with the pathway from somebody hearing about you on radio Now they're curious, it's a new customer, and they go to their phone or online and they search for you. Walk us through what happens there and how we can make sure that that is optimized. Yeah, absolutely. So that customer journey usually starts in the same place where they hear you from radio, or even they get a referral from a friend and then they hear you on radio. You know, sometimes it's omni-channel, they're hearing you from multiple directions. That's the purpose of marketing. And that's why radio is so freaking powerful, right? It's because it's everywhere. It's active and it's passive. You know, you're walking through a department store and you're hearing radio ads. (laughs) So one of the things that we've got to have dialed in is your Google business listing, your Google business profile. Okay. And so this is the little business card of information that you see on the right-hand side of the page in search results when people are typing in your URL, your name, or in some cases, if your SEO is strong enough, general terms that you rank for that your Google business list is then present for. And so there's a myriad of items that can be put onto a Google business 
listing. And some of the most important, Dave, are we've got to make sure that your address business information is all correct. It's geolocating properly on the map. Your website URL that you have on your GBL is the actual URL that you're using for your advertising, right? So it's not a bait and switch scenario, which we see all of the time. Make sure your phone number is active and correct. It can't tell you how many times we've done a full digital audit of large, large real estate enterprises. And I had one person that was going to his competitor for some reason. Yeah, I've seen that before where somebody will change a brokerage. Yeah. But the, the internet hasn't caught up with that move. And the phone number is going to the old brokerage and they're sending all these precious <laughs> leads to their competitor. Yeah. yeah. When you start to frame your mind as every transaction's a million dollar transaction and you treat your leads with that kind of care and quality. It really is paradigm shifting when you lose one or two out of the bottom of the bucket. We'll explain why here in a minute. But on the Google business listing profile, also, you want to make sure that you've got a current logo, a really nice picture. You know, if you just Google cast services, you'll see it's the Denver skyline and it's, it's really eye-catching. You stop and stare for a minute. That's on purpose. That's not on accident. And then your reviews. We can go down this rabbit trail as well and talk about how to generate more reviews. Of course, I'm writing a book on the subject right now, Feedback Cultivation in the Real Estate Space. And it's important not only to get the reviews, it's important to respond to the reviews within 24 hours and not just, hey, thanks for the review, okay? Get some germane information about the transaction from the agent, the ISA, or yourself and write that down in the response so they know that you care, you remember. That's how you're going to treat your future clients. So that's the Google business listing. Uh, from the customer journey perspective, if they're going to Google you, what they heard on the radio or directly input that URL, they're then going to arrive at your website because either there's going to be an intermediary step where they visit the Google business profile and click on the website button there, or they're going to click on a search result and go directly to the site. So now we're at the site. What have we given them? The first thing that we need to think about is user experience. Google is now mandating that sites have a certain performance metric. So it's LCP, largest contentful paint, has to be 2.5 seconds or faster because they actually care about the user experience for the user. Now, I did a little stint over the data center in Arizona for Google years, years ago, just for a couple of weeks. And one of the things we were talking about there is getting away from the kind of the robotic analysis of a website. Hey, does it load fast or not? And instead, using artificial intelligence and other tools to analyze the actual user experience. And Google truly only cares about one thing, Dave. And that one thing is, are we giving the searcher what they're looking for in the most effective and efficient manner possible. If they do that, everything else is secondary. So to frame that through the lens of real estate, you've got to make sure that your website loads in under 2.5 seconds or lickety split fast. You've got a clickable phone number above the fold. I can't tell you, we've done probably close to a thousand web audits for all the way from single agents to very, very large brokerages. How many times we find you don't even have a clickable phone number on your website? Mobile yeah, I have had the experience of auditing client sites in the early stages and mm -hmm. not being able to find a phone number anywhere. Found the brokerage phone number because it had to be there. But right. the phone number that they had set up internally to collect listing appointments and to set appointments was nowhere to be found. So yeah, very good point. It's like buying race gas and race tires and having no engine in your car. Good luck with that. With the website, you also have to think about the lead registration form, the contact form. Are you going to make somebody scroll all the way to the bottom of the footer on a slow website to put in five or six fields, name, email, phone number, what's your favorite food, all yada, yada, yada? Or are you going to give them something above the fold with a really strong value proposition and call to action with just name, email, phone number, we'll be reaching right out to you. It dawned on me mm -hmm. uh, a few years ago when you and I were in the early stages of having these conversations that the 
entire internet presence for real estate agents was entirely designed with lead nurturing in view. It was all built to nurture leads. There was nobody thinking about, what about the direct response? Guys, who just want to talk to me right now, right? Yes. And that's where our consumer behavior research and our doctoral level research, we do this on purpose because it drives the products and services that we create because they make you money. And opposed to, hey, we're going to use some boilerplate thing and then complain about how we're not getting enough leads. And then the leads that we do get, we're not going to nurture up to industry standards or anywhere close to that. That's average. You know, I was on the line, I can't name names, but with a multi-billion dollar real estate firm with their executive team. And I had to explain to them that failing is average in the real estate space. Website performance, failing is average. Lead nurture, failing is average. That's sad. And so Dave, not only are we going to be teaching some digital best practices and giving simple solutions, but this podcast has the opportunity to change the industry or be the catalyst to change the industry, right? And that's powerful. It starts with conversations like these and helping people to understand that's been the goal and the distance between where an agent is. I think that's the biggest challenge. This is a good time to say in this conversation, Google yourself, right? If you want to know what we're talking about, Google yourself. Google yourself, look at your Google business listing, go to your website and say, am I giving my customer the best storefront and largest opportunity to convert them into a transaction as possible? And unless you're a very, very, very small margin, it's probably going to be no, right? Yeah, absolutely. And remember your customer is a seller because if, I don't know if we have to say it again, but buyers don't care about you or your brand. So sellers are, <laughs> sellers care about you because yeah. you're going to make them a lot of money. A buyer yeah. spends three weeks looking for houses on their own and they finally call somebody to get the key yep. to look at the house. Yep. When you Google yourself, is your site set up to hyper-serve a seller? Right, right. And most of the times it's, I want more seller leads, but I'm all I'm giving them on my website is browse MLS in, search for homes in, and the paid leads I'm running are all buyer terms for search for homes in, browse homes in. And then we throw up our hands in the air and say, why don't we have more seller leads? You got to shake them around the shoulders and say, listen, wake up and give the consumer what they're looking for. It's really interesting. So the subsequent research paper that we did looking at consumer behavior We also found home sellers want the easy button. They want to be able to pick up the phone and call. If they've already made the decision to surrender their personal information, they're ready to do business. So give them a lead form above the fold with a very strong value proposition or call to action that's going to incite that behavior. I'm going to run you through a few examples. If you're listening to this and you're a real estate professional, ask yourself a few questions. How many transactions have I closed? How many families have I helped? How much money do I spend on marketing? What, what is my average clear to close? Do I get transactions done faster than the average bear? What philanthropy do I do? What awards have I won? Anything that you can get that differentiates you from the other thousands and thousands of real estate professionals in your market who are all competing for the same exact dollar, get it on your website, A, B, C, test it, get a lead form, make sure your site loads fast. If it doesn't, we can provide you with some resources to help with that. Make sure it's got a clickable phone number and, and give them the opportunity instead of making them hunt. We're going to wrap up the first part of our interview there. That is it for this week. Lots there for you to digest. If you'd like to discuss optimizing your web presence to ensure you're doing the very best job to convert seller leads, let's set up a time to talk. Go to radiotvagents.com. 
and click on the contact page. David, Tam, and I would love to provide a free web and or CRM audit to help you get things on track. David is a machine, as you heard. He goes 100 miles an hour, so you might have to hit rewind and pause and listen, go back and take notes and but listen, uh, he's a fantastic guy. If you would like to have a, a one-on-one with David and or myself, uh, I promise you, you'll learn a lot more just talking about your own specific situation, your own specific list of requirements and needs and so forth. And we look forward to helping you. Before we wrap up each episode, Dave and I both like to take a minute at the end of the show to give our props to one of our own favorite podcasts. So Dave, what's yours for this episode? Well, this is a podcast Coco listens to almost daily. Stuff You Should Know with Josh Clark and Chuck Bryant. I know this is a podcast. If you haven't already listened to it full-time, you are a guy who would love this podcast. If you've ever wanted to know about anything, champagne, Satanism, the Stonewall Uprising, Chaos Theory, LSD, El Nino, True Crime, Rosa Parks, Josh and Chuck have you covered it's available on iHeartRadio, spotify or wherever you get your podcast stuff you should know that's awesome coincidentally i think i want to know things about all of those right now <laughs> <laughs> tune in uh my podcast for this week is uh how i built this with guy raz so wow. all of us that are sort of in places of you know building our own thing Yeah, this is really interesting for those people because each episode, Guy interviews uh, a founder of some company that you maybe haven't heard of, but more often you might have heard of, but had no clue of the backstory. So it's obvious things, people like Michael Dell, but then others are Bob from Bob's Red Mill. I I don't know, like my family, we're super gluten-free, like celiac, so Bob's Red Mill. Yeah, no, I buy the the Bob's Red Mill, like flaxseed and all that stuff. And his story, there is a Bob and there was a Red Mill and like it's, it was just this cool story. So yeah, I, I love those kind of stories of how people started out and built their business to sometimes where we know it all through North America and worldwide, so... Um, yeah, that is How I Built This uh, with Guy Raz. It's an NPR podcast, and that's my podcast for this episode. I'm going to listen to that one. It's great. Thank you. Thank you so much for listening. If you enjoyed the show, please share with your friends, and we would love it if you gave us a five-star review. For Tim Good, Destin Avery, and the rest of the team here at Come Less Me, I'm Dave Sturgeon. Be kind, be patient, and find joy this day. The podcast Come List Me is written by Dave Sturgeon and produced by me, Tim Good, with sound engineering by Dustin Avery. The soundtrack for the show was written by Dave Sturgeon, arranged and produced by Michael Peters, with additional music by Jonathan Wilkins and Dustin Avery. Rob Reeford is the show's voice of God. Web design and content by Constance Renard Sturgeon. If you have feedback about the show, go to our website, Radio TV Agents, and click on Come List Me. If you have something to say, why not add your voice to the show? We'd love it if you would leave us a voicemail with your questions, comments, or topic suggestions at 760-895-9522. That's 760-895-9522. Make sure on your message to give us permission to use your voice on the show. Come List to Me is heard on Spotify, Stitcher, or wherever you get your podcasts and is a production of Radio TV Agents, LLC. LLC.